You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. Um, it has been a hell of a week. Uh, we normally have these episodes come out on Wednesdays, but we had so much to talk about that we're going to slide this bad boy on on the weekend. Uh, give you something to listen to while you're enjoying the nice weather, catching up on free agency, all that mess. So, uh, Mark, we got a ton to talk about, but before we get started, you doing all right? Um, I- I'm doing okay, man. I mean, it- I think it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, me being a Patriots guy, you being a Cowboys guy, the two teams we hold dear have had interesting starts to free agency. Um, I, I've seen, I've seen your timeline over the past couple of days. I've seen nice. Patriots fans basically talking themselves off ledges because um, obviously the New England Patriots have not done a ton. Really, their biggest move is to trade away Shaq Mason, and so uh, you and I come at this NFL week from a different perspective than some fan bases, but you're right, Connor, it has been a a long, strange week. And we're recording this on Friday afternoon when the Deshaun Watson thing just dropped. And so it's been a lot. A ton. I mean, again, like the quarterback movement, the, we talked about the, the, you know, offensive line movement from the Patriots, the offensive line movement from the Cowboys, like a ton has changed. And And we're not even, I mean, again, like we always have things change in free agency, but the trade market's never like this in the NFL. Like it, it hasn't been in a while where dudes are just getting moved left and right. And I love it. Like as somebody who, you know, covers the NFL more than just the Cowboys, like I love that there's, you know, these crazy aspects to the off season because it makes it more fun. Um, but man, it's for somebody who also covers the draft, it makes it tough to really. It makes it insanely, <laughs> it makes it insanely hard. I mean, I dropped a mock draft, I think, yesterday that was obsolete by like three in the afternoon. I mean, because it's it's changing way too fast. And I mean, you know, now I'm, I'm redoing one for, you know, the Watson trade because now Watson going to the Browns. Like, what does Houston do with that now? We assume we haven't heard the terms yet, but you assume that pick at 13 is now going to Houston. So that will be part of it. But Things are changing way too fast. I don't know if you want to go. Do we want to go with this? And this this is something I was actually going to bring up. Today was Michigan's pro day. Dallas Cowboys have a needed edge. David Ojabo might have torn his Achilles from what I'm hearing. Like, how does that impact his draft stock? And might it become a point where he's there at 24? And if so, do the Cowboys draft him? 
I mean, if it's a torn Achilles, you can't like that's a don't you think that's more of a fall into 46? That's my fear, 50? right? Connor, like, he's now sliding out of the first round as a result of this. Now, again, that's it's rumored, you know, reported people that were there saying torn Achilles that hasn't been like confirmed, right? right. But if now he's got a torn Achilles, it's like he might slide now out of the first round, or he at right. least might be there at 24. And do you consider it knowing that he might not see the field? I mean, to go the Cowboys way, I don't think they can afford to because of kind of what they've done to themselves in free agency. I mean, you ha- you need a starter at guard. You need a starter at edge. You need a starter at safety, potentially, depending on what happens with J. Ron Curse. You need a third receiver, you know, with, with Amari Cooper gone and Michael Gallup back. So, I mean, you got – I mean, again, you're not going to fill all of them with one pick, but you take you take David Ajabo, you still need to add another edge in the draft, or, right. or you know, somebody else that can play valuable snaps. But I mean, I think I think it's more of a God. It's just I, we we talk about the Jalen Smith thing again, which again, an Achilles isn't the nasty knee injury, right? Nerve knee, but yeah. Still, the Achilles does rob guys of what. I mean, we saw it with Des Bryant just staying on the Cowboys topic. He tears his Achilles and then, you know, the foot, the Achilles, like that's a hard injury to kind of come back from more so than your ACL tears nowadays. Yeah. And the other thing to sort of consider is the the case for David Ajabo is the explosiveness, the raw talent. Like, does he lose that? Does he lose? Does he lose? a fraction of a step. So some guys can afford to lose like that little bit of juice, you know, cause they're right. a technician or they got the, you know, strength or whatever. But for him, it's like, get off explosion bend. And it's like, if that yeah. Achilles is shot, then. Ugh. Yeah. So building off what you just said, okay. Cowboys need guard, need edge, you need safety. You're sitting there at 24 and you just saw the new England Patriots trade away Shaq Mason. They might need a guard at 21. Right. Like, are we going to see a scenario where those two teams are battling out? One takes Zion, the other no. takes Kenny Green if he's right. there. Dude, it's it's gotten nuts. I mean, like, it's truly like not even staying on the Cowboys Patriots like line here. Just that. I mean, you just had Houston pick up a ton of capital, and again, like, what are they probably going to do? They're probably going to look to rebuild the trenches. Yep. You know, they're either I'm kind of surprised we're not hearing Baker being rumored in the the I mean, you think that they would at least I mean, I know they like Davis Mills, but you think that they'd be like, well, cool, give us Baker and we'll see what we can do with that. that, This, I think, with the Watson that is the most surprising part, there aren't players. Right. It's just all like in the past couple of days, I'm sure you heard the same things like they wanted like two or three players in addition to picks. So I was imagining we're going to hear like Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wosu Kimura, and you know Kareem Hunt getting shipped to to Houston as a part of this. It's just picks, and, and I think Houston, like you said, Connor, they kind of like Davis Mills. So I think what they'll probably do with these picks, we assume, you know, three and thirteen, they could address anything but quarterback. They'll see what they have with Davis Mills, and you, if he doesn't work out, the future picks they got from Cleveland that becomes part of a package to go get. CJ Stroud or Bryce Young right. next year. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I mean, I was, we were going to talk about, you know, Eagles cutting Fletcher Cox. Does that give them Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt? And that's yeah. a player that, you know, a lot of teams at the back end of the first round are hoping will be there. 
they just looks like they just might have reworked Fletcher Cox deal. He's back in Philadelphia now. So not saying that takes them off the Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt train, but yesterday, I mean, again, like the defensive line's been moving around a lot too. You've had guys, you know, we haven't even touched on the Khalil Mack trade since that happened. You know, you got, you know, Yannick Ngakwe has been traded. So it's just, dude, it's been nuts. It's been crazy how many guys have been moved and how that's affected the draft order. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the other thing to keep in mind, you know, you mentioned receiver potentially a need for Dallas and other teams. Now you've got Green Bay at 22. Right. I think you could probably, I would say put it in sharp, but they're probably going to look at receiver at that point. Now that Devontae Adams is a Raider, I mean, I, looking at how this board has shifted over the past like week or so. I and mean, that, that was actually, I'm glad you touched on that because that was going to be my next thing is like, you kind of touched on the left guard with New England and, and Dallas there at 21 and 24. Now it's like, okay, New England and Dallas both kind of need a receiver too. And they, you know, New England could still get their guy, but if Dallas is looking at a Traylon Burks or a. And, and interestingly enough, you've also got that 19 Philadelphia. Right. Like a, a lot of people think, you know, they've drafted some receivers early, but, you know, they still need to get another receiver with three first round picks. Like they well, can go and, a number of different directions. And like again, we're not even we're getting in the weeds a little bit, but like Green Bay still got their pick at twenty. What was it? Do they still have a pick at twenty eight? Twenty eight. So, so yeah. they still got a pick at twenty eight. So like the what's that going to do for those teams at the top of the second? You know, because you kind of had, you know, uh, well, if they're going to bring back Devontae, maybe they still add a receiver, but you almost feel like they have to add a receiver there at twenty two now. Whatever. Where's the Oakland pick? Twenty two. Yeah, that's a 22. Right. So what do they – shoot, they could have had two first-round receivers, really. Like, they don't have anybody stopping them if they wanted to. But Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to add, you know, I don't know if, if London will be there, but, like, if they could theoretically add Olave and Burks. Yeah, that'd be fun. different receivers. That would look pretty nice. Yeah. That might That might calm Aaron Rodgers down because he's probably right. pretty unhappy right now. Which that whole story is nuts to me because it makes it seem like he was like – like before the deal for Rogers was worked out that it was like Rogers knew that Adams wasn't coming back. And it's like, why would you, I mean, I get, I get it's $50 million or whatever it is. But Yeah. I mean, it's a ton of money. So Rogers is probably right. like, fine. Okay. You can trade my boy away and I'll, 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 why wouldn't I'll you go to Denver myself with $50 million, but why wouldn't you then go to Denver? If you can get that same money and play on a team that, I mean, I'm not saying green Bay's trash now, but. I mean, I, I think it's similar in a, a sense. So we haven't even mentioned Tom Brady coming back. <laughs> Rodgers and Brady are looking at the NFC and they're like. Right, that's true. I mean, it's a coin flip right now. I mean, I, I mean, the Rams too, but it's like that AFC looks loaded. If you're Rodgers yeah. and you're looking around and, you know, all these, you know, I don't know if Rodgers knew that Watson was going to be a Brown, but like you look around the AFC landscape, it's like, man, I don't know if I want to be in the AFC if I'm yeah. Rodgers. And man, like. We've touched on the Deshaun Watson stuff, but that's an interesting pick too. You know, it was kind of like all these NFC teams, the Saints, the Falcons, Carolina, yeah. and then he's I mean, like, throw me – and again, like I put out a tweet earlier, which was halfway tongue-in-cheek, but like with all he's got in the closet right now, like you probably don't want to go play in a big market, you know. And, and again, like New Orleans got a pretty decent-sized market. Atlanta's yeah. still got a pretty decent-sized market. Carolina not really, but – I think maybe that had some 
you're not gonna go play in New York or, or uh, right, right. Dallas I mean, I, or one of those big markets. I think there are a couple of factors here from Watson's perspective. One, they gave him a hundred million more guaranteed right. than anybody else was apparently willing to offer. So there is that. There's also, you know, I would I thought he was gonna go to Atlanta because that's sort of close to home. I'm kind of surprised that he, you know, he chose Cleveland, but you're going to play behind a really good offensive line. Not sure if you're going to really get that in Atlanta or Carolina, maybe, you know, New Orleans has got some pieces up front. You know, you're, you're also going to be on a team where they're two years removed from a playoff run and now you're sort of stepping in. So I I think that sort of had something to do with it, but I I really thought that Cleveland was out. We were told Cleveland was out. And then to see this sort of come out of almost nowhere is a bit of a stutter and it opens up where does Baker go? You know, it's not going to be Houston. No. Is it Indy? Is it Seattle? Is it one of these? T- is it like Carolina? They're going to consolate themselves with Baker Mayfield instead of Sean Watson. You wonder, you wonder if New Orleans would be interested in Baker just because, like, they got a good team. They don't have anything at quarterback. He's yeah. cheap for at least, you know, cheaper for at least another year. Yeah. Like if you did, I mean, I'm not saying that Baker's a guy who's going to put him over the top, but in an NFC that's wide open, you still got a relatively good team. Do you? Do you trade a pick for if it costs you a third, you know, whatever? I think a report came out yesterday that like trade compensation for Baker was a late second or an early third or something. Yeah. If it costs you that to maybe try to take a chance at the NFC championship, then I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd give up a third round pick for one, one, and again, one more shot at it before you. Yeah. And they've got it. a third round comp pick at 101 and their own third at 98. So you send the one at 98. Yeah. I mean, if that could get it done, then yeah. I mean, because. So you know, let's like talk about let's talk about that for a second because that's probably that and Jimmy you'd say are the last two quarterback dominoes to fall. Winston, I think. Winston. What yeah. did they, was that? That's that's the report that Atlanta was interested in Winston. Yeah, Atlanta and Carolina are interested in Winston if he doesn't go back to New Orleans. We could talk for two hours because we could get into the Matt Ryan weeds. Like, right? What is he, what is he thinking right now? You know, his whole team just went on a. I follow sales pitch. His entire city went on a sales pitch for Deshaun Watson. The guy I follow on Twitter just like the whole Atlanta Falcons organization just put the twerk team out for Deshaun Watson, and then he went somewhere yeah. else. It's like yeah. how embarrassing would that be if you're just like, all right, yeah. I'll come back. <laughs> I guess I'm coming back to work. I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people say that Seattle be a destination, but it's like what you know, did the Seahawks trade for a veteran at the end of his deal? I mean, at the end of his career, really, like how close is Seattle be to being competitive? Yeah. I mean, it's not a situation where I think it's like, Oh yeah, we're close. We just, we lost Russell Wilson, but you know, we could get Matt Ryan and we're going to be fine. Like Seattle needs more than just a QB. So let's say I saw Schefter put out a report where they said that they're kind of trying to rebuild everything with Ryan. You know, he's been there his whole career, so maybe they can talk themselves back into him sticking around. So let's just say that you got Jimmy, you got Winston, and you got um, Baker. Those are the three dominoes to fall. Where are we thinking? What other splashes are going to be made before the draft? Like, where can we see? We think the Saints could be in the business for one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, like Atlanta might be checking out now and staying with their guy for one more year. Like Carolina, is that the next another team to kind of look at? Yeah, I mean, I think Carolina, um, Indy, New Orleans are kind of the team in Seattle, I guess, the teams we can sort of think about with quarterbacks. 
And if you think, okay, you've got Baker, you've got Winston, you've got Jimmy, that's three for four. Somebody's going to have to go the rookie route. All right. I, I, I don't know if Carolina is going to go rookie. You know, I think they go veteran. I think New Orleans goes veteran. I think Indy goes veteran. So it's a C, I think the Seahawks, they roll out Drew Locke and Geno Smith and somebody they drafted at nine. Right. Because like, they've probably get the best shot about taking the first quarterback off the board. And then it's like, you know, how do you play those dominoes out? Maybe Winston goes back on a one-year prove-it deal to New Orleans and they draft somebody on day two. Maybe Baker to Indy or Carolina and, the, and Garoppolo to the other one, whichever one. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, we haven't even talked about the draft eligible quarterbacks, but it's just like, well, is, yeah. isn't it, isn't this just an indictment on how the league feels about these guys though? Yeah, at absolutely. This point? Absolutely. Like when, when, when a team like Washington that's sitting at 11 decides we're going to not only trade for Carson Wentz, we're going to take on his entire contract. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I think all of the teams are just basically like, you know, yeah, if we're really in a rebuild mode, like I think Seattle is, yeah, we'll, we'll probably draft somebody, but for everybody else that thinks they're close, you know, Indy, you know, almost made the playoffs last year. I mean, New Orleans and that NFC, like we talked about, they're probably going to feel like, look, we'll just, we'll make a run with one of these veterans and we'll kick that to next year. None of these guys are going to be able to start for us right away. Did we mention Indy as a team that could be in on a quarterback? Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought we've listed so many that I couldn't remember how And I think if I'm Baker, that's where I want to go, I think. Right. I know the AFC is loaded, but you're playing behind that offensive line. You've got that running game. It's almost going to be like you're in Cleveland still. Right. I mean, it's obviously a yep. different offense and things like that, but that's a nice little landed spot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland, I mean, Indy and New Orleans make the most sense for Baker right now. I mean, Cle- Indy's got a ton of cap space, if I'm not mistaken. So they can kind of, you know, continue yeah. to build and put, you know, again, like I, as low as Baker was last year, like I can still look at it and be like, he was super banged up, like super yeah. banged up. Like I, I still feel better about a healthy Baker than I do a healthy Carson Wentz. Oh yeah. I think I do too. So yeah. I, w- I would be all in on that if I'm Indy, but. And it shouldn't cost. Now you get Baker. Now you get Baker with a massive chip on his shoulder. That's where right. Baker's at his best. So Play, playing in a dome in Indianapolis, you know. Probably you know, he'll be planting flags left and right. Not having that to deal work. with not having to deal with TJ Watt and Wink Martindale's yep. defense. It could work for sure. But um work. We just wanted to come on and recap and we spent like five seconds talking about Devontae Adams, which is nuts because that was a I mean, I don't know if many people saw that happening last night. So I did not I didn't see that coming at all, man. Yeah. So there, I mean again, like there's been stuff that we knew the Deshaun Watson thing was going to happen, but there's been so many Khalil Mack moving. I mean, a lot of the free agent signings, which again, like a lot of teams don't sign free agents and then it drastically impacts their, their draft plans. But still some of these teams at the top that have been aggressive attacking offensive line, maybe they wait until the second round for those guys. Yeah. So there's still a lot more to figure out, but um, make sure you guys stick around. Cause we're going to have an interview with UCLA's uh, Atito Obonia the uh, defensive tackle out of UCLA. We recorded a podcast with him a couple days ago. Um, day three, nose tackle. A um, lot, of, lot of impressive traits with him. Good athlete. Strong dude is going to eat up space. So um, teams, Cowboys, I know, need one. I know we talked about possibility of Christian Barmore and Jordan Davis uh, a couple couple podcasts ago with the Patriots. So maybe he's a yeah. guy to look at on day three to pay, pair with Barmore. And, yeah, I mean – 
he's a good, good, good interior guy that you can get probably good value on. You know, he's one of those guys that probably won't get picked in the first two days because of his position, but play for a while in the league and he's, he's got some athletic traits you like. So uh, stick around and check out that interview and we'll have more for you next week on the talk in the draft podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience, because is it really a vacation? If you're just sitting around like you would at home, you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, Tito, man, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm hanging in there now. Man, I know you had a crazy last couple of days, last week or two, um, being in Indianapolis for the Combine. So you're, you know, you're back in L.A. now, probably just taking a, uh, a break before you kind of get rolling for the Pro Day coming up, man. Um, but I want to start there. You know, you had a great Combine. Uh, drills were great. Uh, didn't do a ton of the testing. I'm assuming you're going to do a lot of that at the Pro Day. But can you just take us through kind of that week at the Combine? Yeah, I mean, it was a good week. Um, definitely eventful week. You know, the stuff we filled with a number of the number of tasks and things that we had to um, complete. Um, but at the same time, it was very similar to the Senior Bowl. So I can definitely credit the Senior Bowl to, to you know, for us to get acclimated to that a little bit. But um, you know, at the same time, it was one of the, one of the, the most fun weeks in my life for sure. Um, just getting to do everything, you know, because it's one of those things you dream about for a long time and. Um, you know, you wonder what it's going to be like, what the experience is going to be like. And so um, I can definitely come out saying it was, it was a great experience for me. Um, definitely lived up to my expectations. And so um, it, it was just kind of one hell of a week. And um, it was something that I was you know, so um, glad to be a part of. So I'm always curious. I know the formal interview portion of the combines, like it's more nerve wracking, more nerve wracking than hectic, but like the informal portion of the combine where like your people are just like pulling you aside and the, I used to do in the train station. I don't know if they're still, they do that there anymore, but <laughs> what, what, what was more stressful for you that the informal portion where people are just like grabbing you for two or three minutes and, you know, bugging you with questions or sitting down with guys for 15, 20 minutes and really, you know, opening up a little bit. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's uh, one way or another for me, just because I think I got a number of the the stressful, interviews or at least the feeling of stress um out at the senior bowl because it was like it was like a first time 
um, you know, me in that environment. So I, I was kind of, ex- you know, I kind of knew what to expect. So it wasn't really as bad. I didn't know how other people adjusted that might not have been in that situation before. So I wouldn't say um, either one was necessarily like more stressful or more nerve wracking than the other. I think both of them kind of have their pros and cons. Um, and, you know, some of them, you, you could tell like what the theme of, you know, each interview was for wh- whether that be more like background or to get to know you or understand, you know, kind of how you operate as a football player. So. Right. So I always like asking this question because sometimes you get, no, I didn't get that. And sometimes there, did you get any of the crazy questions from coaches <laughs> or GMs or scouts? Um, not really. I think there was like, there's always like a few questions that are interestingly worded. Um, right. I wouldn't say that they're crazy or anything. It's just more so like you definitely have to um, ask for context or just ask for clarification um, on specific questions. So you don't necessarily answer it the wrong way. I would say that's like one of the biggest things is that like sometimes you might overthink a question or underthink a question. And so um, I think it's important to like ask questions. That's that's one of the biggest things I learned um, coming out of senior bowl is just to cl- get clarification on each and every question because um, they may not be as weird or as complicated as you think they may be. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's- I've never really gotten that answer either. You know, most people are like, no, I didn't get anything crazy or they're, they'll, they'll tell you what it was. But um, yeah, it's like so funny because, you know, they're interviewing you guys as a job interview, but they always seem like they're, they're, there's always some tricks involved. You got to read between the lines or figure it out. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, man, I wanted to talk to you, you know, you combine over kind of that page's turn, you got the pro day coming up. Um, what, do you plan on doing everything at your pro day other than benching? Or are you going to rebench at the pro day too? Uh, I might rebench, uh, um, but I, I should be doing everything. So cool. Cool. Do you have any like goals set for yourself? Um, you know, numbers you want to hit, you don't have to just, you know, you don't have to give it to them as you give them to us if you don't want, but do you have, a 40 time that you want to hit or a three cone that you're, you're looking to, you know, hit or something like that? Not necessarily. I think as long as I'm feeling good, I'm going to hit where I need to hit. I'm going to hit really, you know, good and fast numbers, um, especially for my position. Um, So that's one of those things I definitely want to make it in the top five and then every drill um, my position, if possible, that's definitely a big goal for me. But um, other than that, it's not necessarily something specific. It's just more so as long as I'm feeling good, running well and I, I know um i'll put out a good number or some good numbers so right and and i mean you're to me you know watching your tape you're a guy who's that one technique nose tackle you know big dude who is athletic moves around makes it tough for guys to get off blocks um how important this is kind of a question that i want you to answer but like how important is the combine for a guy like for the position you play you know it's you're not a corner you're not a wide receiver so how important is the combine is the pro day to put up you know fast numbers or I mean to me like for an interior defense lineman you want to see is he powerful and can he move in you know short areas so to me it's like a three cone and you know bench and like the explosive numbers are good but I'd rather you be able to you know change directions move around you know in that that area that I call the box more than run a quick 40 time is that kind of what you see as well yeah, I mean, I agree um, generally for the most part. I think, I think one of the one of the upsides of you know obviously running really well or or, or hitting a lot of good numbers in, in those areas is is that they, they can start to evaluate whether or how far outside of um, outside from the center can you move or right. um, you know from right. that zero technique can you move so how um, versatile you can be um, whether you can play that zero one two three four even maybe in the five and so I think it's important to have some level of versatility because even if you may not have played that 
um, or those positions in college, they may be able to coach you up to play those positions if it's in your body. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that's um, they, they try to evaluate, even like you said, like even if it's not the most important thing to run the fastest 40 ever or, um, you know, you know, the L cone or whatever. But at the same time, I think it, it also shows or also gives them something to look at if, if you do really put, if you put put up really good numbers, because they might show um, that there is some, you know, hope to, um, you know, play multiple positions along the line or maybe right. you can or maybe or maybe it shows that you can only play one position so I think it helps them from an evaluation standpoint to understand like kind of where you're at and kind of what your body has in store and then if so they can kind of you know put that to the tape and then if it's not on the tape they can see how they can kind of get it out of you by you know through coaching right and that, I mean like I said when you turn on your tape like I guess you would say you know, projecting you in the NFL, you see yourself as a one technique, nose tackle, but like you have some quickness to your game to where, you know, you can play the three. It's not like you're putting, you know, a guy who can't move at the three technique or you, you have some versatility to play on the end and the, the odd front schemes too. Is, is that a conversation or a topic of conversation in the senior bowl to the combine? I'm sure teams are talking to you about having that versatility. Where do they see you, you know, projecting at at the next level? Was it odd front schemes, even front screen schemes, you know, the nose tackle spot? Like where do the teams that you're talking to, the teams that are interviewing, where do they kind of see you playing, um, you know, in, at the next level? I think it's both. Um, I've played in both, you know, and, and had success at, in, in both schemes. I've, I've played in the three-man front, played the nose and played the left end, and I've played in the four-down front and played the three and the one. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like I'm kind of a tweener when it comes down to those uh, – when, when it comes down to, like, ex- specific fronts, fronts or defenses. Um, I think that um, it's definitely been, a, you know, a point of conversation. And, you know, they definitely ask me what I prefer to play, what I think I'm – where I think I'm best at. And oftentimes I answer, I think it's just kind of both. Um, okay. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they ask me where I see myself. And I think it's one of those things where I can just, you know, kind of, you know, rotate I rotate at both. Because at the same time, um, I, I oftentimes played on, on played on defenses where they kind of just shift the line um, because – you'd have like the no, uh, the three tech could also play nose guard and, you know, vice versa. And so I think it would be more, more so one of those things where you don't have to rotate the, you know, a specific player. You can kind of just shift um, and not have to kind of, we just kind of call it karate, but basically jump on the other side um, in order to play your position. So um, that's kind of what, what, what those discussions have been about. It's just, um, I think me establishing that I, I can play both. And I think, them also acknowledging that I've put it on tape that I can play both. So. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, being a guy who covers and is a fan of the Cowboys, we were very familiar with also Diggy Zua, a rookie, you know, this past year that came out of UCLA. And that was the thing of him coming out. I mean, you guys are, are built differently. He was more undersized guy that you kind of projected at, at the three technique who played a lot of that nose one tech spot and, I mean, it's kind of, like I said, a lot of the same things with you. It's just two different guys. You know, you're you're a bigger, you know, dude who can kind of play the three, and he was like the undersized dude who's playing the one here, kind of projecting to play the three. It's kind of like the same thing, but flipped. So that's kind of – it's – and I always like watching the the UCLA defense, defensive line because they make you guys – you know, not to say that it's putting you guys in a bad spot, but they make you guys play up and down it. So, like, it might – you know, you might be a nose tackle, but you're going to play some of that three technique or some of that five, you know, technique at times. So, it puts you in just different, you know, positions. And I guess it kind of does prepare you for the NFL and play different roles in multiple schemes. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
that's definitely something we did at did at UCLA um, quite a bit. You know, especially being on you know different defenses. But you're right; we, they move us around a lot. You know, they have us do a lot of a number of stunts where we end up in different positions, having to play off of different positions. And so, um, it was definitely it's definitely beneficial to understanding not only the game from a schematic standpoint um, all across the line, but just from a technical standpoint, the things you have to do at, you know, on multiple positions to succeed and be successful. Absolutely. Um, so you. D- diving into your background, doing getting into the scouting reports and all that, you got a pretty cool background. You were a big track and field guy coming out of high school, and you actually went to UCLA for track and field before football. Is that correct? No, I can't. I went to UCLA for track, um, but or for football. But at the okay. same time, um, was one of my you know things that I wanted to do both, uh, be a dual sport athlete because um, I came I came to play football. Because when I when I took what it really happened is I took my visit. Um, I took a track visit to UCLA, um, but at this time I kind of already had like probably like 10 to 15 football offers. Um, I took a visit to UCLA because I knew it was going to be a school that would be considering um, for football and track. And so I was like, well, um, they're in the midst of a coaching transition, so I'm not sure where the recruiting's at at right now. Um, but it kind of happened to be a coincidence that they, some of the coaches kind of saw me in the lobby and, and um, you know, asked me who I was and, you know, eventually offered me a scholarship later that day. Uh, but, you know, also kind of feel like it's, you know, they might've known I was coming. I really don't know, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, to, to this day, it's definitely still like one of those things where it's a coincidence in my mind, at least, but, you know, you definitely have to play devil's advocate there, but, um, yeah, it was one of those things where I came here on a, on a track official. It's probably why right. the information's out there, but, um, I definitely came out of a football scholarship and, um, and, you know, did one of those things where I wanted to do both sports and then be a dual sport athlete. So. All right, so I'm just curious because I, you know, you have guys who play basketball, you have guys who wrestled. I, I see you're a big shot putter. Does that, does that any of the things you do in shot putting correlate to playing defense line? I think it does. I think it does a lot, honestly. Um, I, you know, since I'm a rotational guy, um, it requires an, 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 a decent amount of nimbleness, a decent amount of, decent amount of athleticism, to be able to move in the ring um, at high speeds and be explosive uh, while also staying in. So it requires a, number, a decent amount of balance. Um, at the same time, it helps you understand kind of like body mechanics and the physics of movement itself. Um, you know, and kind of what I mean by that is like in throwing, you kind of, you know, generate power from your toes to your ankles, right. to your knees, to your hips, and, and up, up through your um, upper body and then throughout your arm. Um, it's one of those things that helps you develop like an understanding of leverage um, and how to ex- accelerate something as fast as possible um, using your body, not just once one, one part of your body or um one half of your body, but it's one of those things where in football, a lot of times people looking from outside and people think that you're maybe bench pressing a guy uh, for playing D line when everything's really coming from your legs and from your hips. So it's one of those things that it helps you understand that aspect of it. Um, and so I think it's, it, it definitely correlates um, quite a bit, especially from a leverage standpoint, because, you know, in, in, in throwing, especially in the rotation, if you don't stay low, um, if you don't stay low throughout your um, throw and, and be explosive, um, you're not going to be able to you know, throw the shot anywhere. Same thing in, in, in playing defensive line. Doesn't matter how big or strong you are. If you're not, if you don't keep your pads down, if you don't have leverage. Um, you're not, you're not going to really, you know, inflict much damage on offensive linemen. For sure. No, I, I love that. You know, like I said, it's talk to guys who do the wrestling and basketball and you know other sports who who you can kind of, you know, get the gist of how they correlate. But something like that isn't something you you always be like, okay, how does that correlate to playing defense line? So it's kind of cool to hear your, your thought process on that. Um, so next thing you like to cook. 
Yes. That, that's a big hobby of yours? Yes, it is. Do you have any pointers? Pointers? Um, I'd say patience and preparation are the <laughs> biggest two. <laughs> so how'd you can, can we because because again like I, I i can't cook anything um my wife's actually home today like she had some dental work done so i had to like heat her up a bowl of soup in the microwave like ruin that how did you get <laughs> how did how did you get into that and like how big is that for you i mean because I, I i'm doing some research and all that again you 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 see a lot of things that you've you know you've talked about in the past and um just curious how big of but, you know, it's cooking in your life. Yeah, I mean, it's something I started, you know, when I was kind of a younger kid, just out of curiosity and boredom. I was kind of just in the kitchen, even though my parents, especially my mom, probably didn't really want me in there because I was you know, kind of a distraction. Um, you know, definitely messing stuff, you know, a little clumsy in there. Just being a kid and running around in the kitchen, I know it probably wasn't that helpful, but um, definitely in there because of curiosity. And it's something kind of just like, you know, it was like, all right, how do I make this? How do I make this? And so, like, every time they would leave for, like, an event or, like, a party or whatever, um, it'd probably be, like, 10, 10, 11 p.m., and I would go in there. Maybe I started with eggs. I started with, like, scrambled eggs. I, I remember what I started with. Um, and slowly kind of started advancing that to, like, pasta and, and things more complicated. Um, and then eventually, like, baking came into play. But um, that's how I started cooking. And eventually I took over um, cooking for, like, an entire my entire family when I was probably, like, 14 or 15. So... It's awesome, man. It's a, uh, like I said, I'm, I am not good in that category whatsoever. So when I was diving into some stuff, I was like, damn, my, my guy, uh, you know, he's, he's, it looked like you, you take it real seriously and you know, it's a big deal for you. So that's cool. Um, back to football now. Um, you know, you got pro day coming up, you got the draft here in a couple months. Um, what are some things you're trying to improve on? over these next couple of weeks or before the pro day that you can show, all right, you know, here's some things I came into this off season. I came to the senior bowl and maybe wasn't great at, but I've improved on them and I've gotten better. Or, I mean, again, I know it's hard to improve on some things in a month, but just in general, some things you want to work on and improve on, you know, throughout this rookie season for you. Um, I think I want to just continue to explain my um, explosiveness and, and how much potential I have from there and, and show kind of what I have kind of locked in my body. Um, you know, through through um, how I move and through the position work, through how I hit the bag, um, through how I, you know, run, you know, things like those, that Alcona, through, you know, the um, the short shuttle, things like that. I think, um, I think just overall movement, you know, just so I'm not a stiff guy, I'm a mobile guy, um, how you can kind of move all around. I'm, you know, I have more value um, than just being, you know, a true, a true one tech and um, kind of just going from there. Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear that. Who are, who are some guys you kind of watch uh, in the NFL? Maybe it's guys in college coming out, whoever it is, like who are some guys that you watch on tape? And I hate to use the phrase model your game after, because so many guys are, you know, being their own person nowadays, which I love, you know, you, you got guys, you know, I'm, I'm being biased here, but guys like Micah Parsons, where it's hard for him to say he models his game after somebody because he does so many different things. And same thing for a defensive lineman. You know, you might be a nose tackle who watches a ton of three technique tape or five technique tape. So who's the guy that you watch on tape and you just go, yeah, I can see myself playing a lot like him at the next level. I think for me it would be Fletcher Cox and, you know, not just because, you know, we have, we have the same number, but I think just from a skill set standpoint, from a body standpoint, um, I think we're similarly built. Um, I think I have, or I possess a lot of the same traits that he does, you know, from a, explosiveness standpoint and I think I like the way that he the plays um 
in a, in a sense in a sense that he's not like he's you know super fancy or super pretty with his moves he's not like in point in time like aaron donald-esque moves but it's like it's it's super violent and it's direct and it's effective and so that's kind of one of those things I want to employ in my game um, moving forward. And, and that's something I've, I've tried to, to mimic um, a decent amount in college, uh, whether it be his club or his, you know, swipe or, his, or, or any of his rips or um, of obviously, you know, his straight bull. I think it's one of those things that's, you know, unstoppable, but it's super simple and it's effective. Um, also guys like a key mix and Dominican Seuss for similar reasons is that they're not, they're not cute with it. They just kind of want to run through your face and um, that's proven to work. And so that's kind of what I want to continue um, working on. Awesome, man. Love it. Love to hear it. Uh, last question I got for you, and then we can get you out of here. Um, I'm like one of my favorite positions in the NFL to watch and evaluate, do draft stuff on, and even during the NFL season is the interior defensive tackle, just because there's so many. Like for a receiver, you run routes, you catch the football. For a quarterback, you make reads, you throw the football. For a defensive lineman, there's just so many responsibilities involved with with that position you know you're in a one gapping scheme you're in a two gapping scheme you have to defend the run like there's no just you know pin my hair back and go go get the football there's there's no real that in a defensive lineman's game you have to be intelligent you have to be smart as far as playing three downs in the nfl where you have to defend the run have to rush the passer you have to create chaos what's your like overall standpoint on how you go about that process? I mean, I know that's a, that's a, we could spend two hours talking about that, but like, what are the key, what are the keys that you read and like figuring out, okay, I think they're going to run the ball, you know, to the B cap here. Like I need to get over a gap or two to defend this. Like, what do you go through from the mental process of it to understand how I need to play this certain play or that certain play? Yeah, I mean, I think I would have to start off of just kind of like the film study aspect. I mean, you learn a lot of things going into the week, um, whether that be from the game copy or from the actual tape itself. But um, one of the biggest things I'll focus on, you know, going into the week is um, I'll try to I'll try to understand like kind of you know cadence so I can understand like get off um, and how and how they'll be operating that week, and then also just some of the like the mannerisms that the quarterback has when when he has to check a play so i understand like maybe if i can even hear something and i see a play being run i can i can know what that check is especially in nfl they try to keep it pretty simple um sometimes with some of those checks and so that's one of the things i would try to look at so in, in game it's not it's no surprise and it's easy to kind of catch or pick up on the next thing is you know just looking at backfield and set in relation to you know tight end sets or fullback sets um i know they a lot they run a lot of more eye formation stuff in, in the NFL, but um, I think understanding where, you know, your, your, your deformation, where the tight ends are at, um, if it, you know, if it's a wing set or if it's, um, you know, just one, one tight end off or, you know, both tight ends on, um, I think is one of those things where you, you definitely get to understand like where the ball may be going, if the back's offset or the back is, um, you know, if it, you know, if it's why, why often the back's, you know, offset to the other side, it's, you know, what plays are coming. And so, it's one of those things where you can definitely, I'll start to align myself depending on um, how much liberty and freedom I have in that defense um, and, you know, and, and where my, my role is and, and um, where my responsibility is. But um, one of those things is that like, say, say if the back was, you know, right in front of me and the back was to me and I'm in a, you know, two iron or one tech, you know, I'll definitely try to play more through that guard, um, playing that gap more. Cause I know it's going to be some type of downhill run um, going on, on going one way for sure. Um, so that's kind of one of the things I, I, t- I tend to look at and um, and then go from there. But a lot of it has to do with, you know, the tight end, tight end and running back information. Um, and then you start to try to key on what that center is saying and who he's pointing to um, from a pass rest standpoint. So, you know, who he's turning protection to, 
you know where the slide side and the man side is and so I think it's important to like kind of study the game from that from that aspect. So obviously, they're probably going to be a little bit more clean with it um, in the NFL. I, I I would expect, but um, it's just kind of studying those little intricacies um, in the game that'll probably help you make a lot more plays. For sure, man. That was a great answer. Like I said, we could probably spend hours just talking about that. So to to give that good of an answer in like two minutes was was impressive. Love to hear it. Um, I appreciate it, man. This was a great, uh, really fun, great interview. I know you, when's your pro day? I know we said it's coming up, but when is it? March 15th. March 15th. So you got five days. Um, we'll be, you know, keeping a close eye on that. And then obviously you got a, you got about a month after the pro day for a draft rolls around and we're going to be keeping a close eye on where you end up because it's like I said a few times, Cowboys need a, uh, a run stopper. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping you can come from LA, come into Dallas and help stop the run and, and help keep some of those linebackers clean at the, the second level. Cause we, we need a lot of that and some juice up front and play with your, your, your former teammate. Oh, so that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well, cool, man. Tito, I appreciate, I appreciate the time. Uh, we're going to be rooting for you coming up here on this pro day. And we'll uh, be following you throughout the process. We'll see how it goes. All right. Thank you. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today